good morning and wherever you are even if it's 1 a.m or 1 p.m we're here right here with you and the lord and we are so grateful for you and hope everything is doing blessed we're here today to discuss the soul the nephish we're here to discuss 3J2, the lifestyle of the 3J2. And I want to say this before I start out. I'm not going to elaborate, but I have been in abuse, through abuse. I was uh, abused for like 18 years, and then I was in an ambush divorce with given no recourse or any say. I had people do things to me. I've had people try to rape me in my office that were on drugs and I've had people ignore me and people in the family uh, act unloving and rude. So we want to say that with all that going on, God has kept me with him. And the main thing is to focus on him, not me, and to work on overcoming with his help. And that's the secret. You have a relationship, you know God, you've asked Jesus Christ into your heart with his purity, his energy, his sevenfold spirits, his fruit of the spirit, his love, his unconditional love, and his ability to get over everything and past it. And it's been so helpful that the Lord showed me this freedom during the most horrible time of grief and crisis when I was during the forced divorce. And that has helped me ever since because I had never felt such grief. I had a great happy father. I had a great happy role model in my family for committed to me, married forever. And I thought that was just part of the deal. When you say you're a Christian, that both halves agree to that. So we understand many realms and I was never child abuse. I was never raped as a child or, you know, I was attempted rape, but it wasn't rape. But I understand the, pro you know, about the drama and the police and all that. So I want people to know I have had some real life down to earth experiences that were right incredulous because I had such a peaceful life and I really know the Lord. But as one of his Christian ministers, his offices, I felt like this is just the turf I had to know, not just for me to grow up, but also to relate to people who are not going through easy times in their life because it is a process. It is dramatic. It is emotional. It affects your mind, will, and soul. It can traumatize you, shock you. It can make you feel that you've got PTSD. And see, this is it. I had to learn all this experientially, even though I knew about it technically. It's different when you live it or you've been past it, through it. It's how you get through it when you're in the process of being needing to be cured and healed. And at one point I had lived, you can read it for yourself, Psalm 143, at one point during the abuse, the closet abuse that went on for years, the silent treatment. And the Lord would give me the scripture. It says, my mind, the psalmist said, my, my mind has grown, you know, my, my ears and emotions. Let me look this up are like they're dead. I feel like I'm dead because it had been so up close, too up close, too like a betrayal. Why is your person you're committed to your worst enemy? Well, it's the devil. That's why the devil wants the two people to be destroyed, the marriage to be destroyed, the children to be affected, and their whole life changed and challenged by strong-willed individuals. 
And so it's a choice on your part, a choice on my part, how I react, how they react, how you react, because everyone's different. Everyone's set of circumstances are different, but we can all bring Jesus Christ to the table and say, I'll work on my part. You work on yours. Let's work on God's help abiding in James 3.17 during stress, during hell on earth, during real life crisis. And that soul experience, the mind, will, and emotions is the human soul. So our 3J2, beloved, above all things, I would that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers, is a quality of life that you can understand better the nuances, the shades to put your faith in certain parts, to grow certain parts, to let God use you to minister in certain parts, and he will minister back to you. So this is not going to be about material possessions, but it could be. It might. It will affect you. But it's going to be about quality of life. And it ties in with abiding James 3.17 theology. It's really abiding, enduring in James 3.17 theology. When there is strife, when there is trouble, when there is money pressure, and the children are crying or things don't go your way in life, when there's an outage, when there are people that are you know, suffering and quarantined at home and things are, you know, sick. All these things are going on. So we're going to not be able to say this in any formula. Or we're not going to say this is not going to be any kind of anything but a tip, bunch of tips to help you understand it. And then God can speak to some more. And I'll give you scriptures along the way. One thing I find is, thank the Lord, a merry heart does as good as a medicine a broken spirit dries the bones. And you can have times when you're torn with grief. You're really upset. But if you really go back to the Lord, he can help you recalibrate. That means get your even keel, even in the moment of horrible things. Because it isn't all 24-7 horrible. It can feel like it. But instead, you can find pockets because you know the Lord. You have a relationship with the Lord. That is the main thing I learned in ministry and real life. It is amazing. The relationship, the portable curability of the Lord with you. So let us clarify. 3 James 3J2, the lifestyle, is what we're going to work on. And we need to work on it because it doesn't happen. It happens gradually. It's like if you go to the gym you can say, I'm going to start lifting weights. I want really big biceps, but they're not going to show up for a while until you do your inner work. That means you build the muscle layer upon layer and you do the right thing. Also, you're eating healthily and you're, you know, doing what is needed to do the right thing for those muscles. So it's like a spiritual muscle. I picture the soul like a big gourd. It's something like a gourd. You know, it's got inside, outside that are very meaningful but you have to learn exactly what to do with your gourd because the mind, will, and emotions is what constitutes the human soul. The mind by itself is a work. It's a tribulation. It's a joy. It's a delight. It's a teaching mechanism. It's a learning and growth place. However, it is a perceptive place that ties in with the next realm. That's your emotions. Your, so the soul, 3J2, let me say that to make it clear. 3 John 2, Beloved, above all things, I would that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So we're defining the soul as somebody's mind, their will and emotions, either apart from God, either with God, either truly knowing God, 
caring about God or not. So these things will affect that different shades of the soul talk, you know, the soul prosperity. 3J2 says, Beloved above all things, you're God's beloved. You're his child. You're his dear child. He sees you like you're the only person, the only child he ever made because he's that big and great a God. He can see it for you like you're his only child that he values. I'm his only child that he values. He has all these spoiled only children, you know, wonderful children that he made old and young. So beloved, you're his beloved above all things. The Bible teaches us. He wants you to prosper inside, outside, relationally, emotionally, financially, provisionally, with your children, with your parents, with yourself, to feel young, not get old inside, all right, to have a great attitude of joy, of caring, of teaching and preaching, whatever your call is, of doing worship, of just loving God and enjoying life, taking off, recreating. So, beloved, above all things, he would that you prosper in every avenue of, of life, inside and outside, deep and, and pure and whatever the normal things of life are, relationships. However, we know that he wants it, but we live in a fallen world. So, there's going to be mechanisms and things and tragedies and work that happens to try to block us from being joyful and prosperous because of the cares of the world, the wheat and tares among God's people, our own faults and fault finding, all the accusation that is in ministry and real life and leadership and family, the pressure to perform all these different things, excuse me, different things, and including the world, the flesh and the devil. So we really, there's no, we're not naive it will take some focus, some work, some repentance, and then persisting. So, beloved above all things, 3J2, beloved above all things, I would that you prosper in your, I would that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So, if the soul is your mind, your will and emotions, it affects your prosperity, your attitude, your abilities, your different things that affect your different relationships, your joy factor, your level of functioning and focus and concentration, even on the Lord. All right. So beloved above all things, I would that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So we're going to focus on how to prosper wisely and self prosper using God's presented ideas, some ideas in the Bible as well as natural practical things in this series. In the time we do this, it will not be every single day, but I'm going to do it as when I get a word and, and cover some ground on it. We're going to make it out there and keep it up there for people to you know listen to. So the goal is to focus, to choose to examine in this time what is going on in my mind. What is going on in my mind and what is going on in my emotions and what is going on in my will? There's some things you have control over and many things you do not. So we're going to have to study this, but not all in one tape, not all in one lesson. So beloved above all things, that's the goal that you prosper, that you would prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers, even if you're not in good health, even if you are in good health, this can help you tamp it up 
bring it back, be better at it, and keep on to well preserve yourself with God's help in this teaching. Not a formula. It's not a science. Nobody, you know, everybody's got different levels of faith and understanding. So we don't say this is going to happen, you know, black and white. I'm going to turn on the ignition and there it will start. It's going to take process. And I'm here for the process. That's my call is enduring, overcoming in God's process of life and enjoying yourself with quality of life, soul prosperity along the way. That's how I've lived my life for decades now because of this, because of God's goodness. It's about his goodness and self-control. So you know the Lord, you have his Bible scriptures, that's part of it. You have your attitude, your, you know, different teachings and learnings about your mouth, what you say, what you don't say, what the kind of people you network with and share, and many other things that come into play, which I will get to eventually. So the main verse is, beloved above all things, I would that you would prosper emotionally, mentally, physically, financially, relationally, and that you would be in health as your soul prospers. So these things can affect you negatively or positively positively, when you have your good attitude. You understand about the power, the real big power of the human soul, the human nature, with and without God. It can go against you or for you, help promote you, help defeat you. All right, says so it says, Beloved, 3J2, I would that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. All right, so health can be your emotional health, your mental health, your your uh, idea health, your attitude is healthy, your comfort with yourself healthy, your comfort with other people healthy, your relationship health, and your body health, physical health. So we're going to work on that and then they're offshoots such as real healing natural healing doing the practical right thing spiritually i mean you do the spiritual right thing god touches it with his supernatural onto your natural your natural would be in all of this this whole overview would be you keep one foot on the ground that means are you doing what's right are you going to work are you forgiving people are you working out are you eating out too much are you coveting? Are you doing things that you know are not right? Are you mistreating your body, neglect? Are you forgiving as, as a huge one? It's just a huge one. And then are you getting enough sleep? Are you recreating, taking time to be with your children, not just on media, not just doing self-help things? <laughs> okay, so we've got a lot of ground to cover. This is the springboard. And the next part would be, when we look at 3J2, it really does involve relationships. So if a relationship with God is not working well, if a relationship with your own, yourself, you're angry with you every day, you're bitter about yourself and complaining, or if your relationships with your mother, your father, people in your past, people in your present, your family, your spouse are not contented, joyful, forgiving, enduring, and walking it out in James 3.17, even with long-suffering, then that will also affect your soul. So let's give you a verse to think about, because it's going to be about you first, anyone else's second. 
Are you abiding? Can you work on your governing of your own self-control with God's help? 3 James 3 James 17. All right, so we have 3 James 2, 3 John 2. Then we have third ja- we have James 3:17. I got it backwards. James 3:17 says that the wisdom the true wisdom that represents above, that comes from above, from God the Father on high, the Father of lights, who made Jesus, is first of all pure, peaceable, easily entreated, full of mercy and good fruit without partiality and without hypocrisy. All right, can you say when you go down the list of all those qualifications that you resemble the wisdom of God as a Christian minister, a leader, a family member. I do the same. All right. That didn't mean that you don't fall off the wagon and get back on. If you get off, fall off the horse, you get back on and ride again and ask just God, ask God to forgive you and make you better. So it says that the wisdom that comes from above is pure, peaceable, easily entreated, full of mercy and good fruit without partiality and without hypocrisy. That means this is a relationship, big deal. It is a relationship factor when you are under pressure. Can you run to God and say, Father, I'm having a hard time forgiving this person. I'm having a hard time keeping up with them because they're so, they put so much pressure on me. I have a hard time because they're so, you know, smart mouthed or irritating or, I can't stand it about to lose my cool. My children scream all the time and I'm about to lose my temper with my teenager. Well, you know, if you got a temper with your teenager, you need to, when they're beginning out in life, start working with this James 3.17 soul prosperity thing to help avoid a lot of that. You can. Because you're taking each one responsible, each one's accountable before God to go before him for his help. That's why I need, I have to have, I mean, I will have to have Jesus Christ as my Savior. Let me say this. So we have the verse James 3.17. All right. But you can't abide and endure with a quality of life in your relationships at home, at the office, in work, in fellowship, in ministry, or with yourself unless you have more than you. And this is what goes involved in this. So we take a side trip. Do you know Jesus as your Savior? John 16, 13. The Bible says that when the Spirit of truth has come, He will guide you into all truth. He will not talk about Himself. He will talk about things to come. This is a key springboard for hearing God, knowing about God, getting a word from the Lord, and maintaining your, making sure you know people around you really know the Lord that are especially inquiring, you know, many people seek new age and all these different cults and stuff. So you got to make sure you're really getting to Jesus. This is a key verse for that. John 16, 13 says that when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. So there's more truth out there than you have ever known about than meets the eye. And when we're talking about James 3.17 relationships, quality of life, we're talking about 3 John 2, beloved above all things, I want you to prosper and be in health as your soul prosper. This is only a tiny, tiny bit that scratches the surface of what is out there to know about a lot more. It's an envelope filled with good, good stuff from the Lord. 
So the, but it takes time and a process. So we look at the Lord and we say, well, Lord, if I am short-tempered or if I have a heavy load on my back, you know, in my life and I am prone to complain, I'm just not perfect. I just don't think I can do this, James 3.17. I can't make my soul prosper in my relationships because my big mouth is the trouble. Well, everybody's, I've got one. That's why I'm always working on it. But um, so you go to God with the key scriptures and that helps you. First of all, if you've never asked Jesus into your heart, this is why I'm talking about John 16, 13, because here's, let me explain it. It says right here that when the spirit of truth has come, that's God's spirit of Holy Spirit truth, his spirit comes. When the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. We're going to just talk on this part today. All right. How does the spirit of truth come into somebody's heart, into their life, to affect their mind and their other parts? They invite Jesus Christ into their heart as Savior. I've invited Jesus Christ into my heart as Savior many years ago, and I'm so grateful for it. Now I'm ready for eternity. So that's what you do. You invite Jesus into your heart, accept him as Lord and Savior, uh, take the choice to go down the narrow path to read about him learn about him get to know him in a quality relationship be mature fellowship with the saints and all that do what he says day in and day out and that's all you have to do the rest of your life so now when you invite jesus into your heart the spirit of truth has come his free gift of the holy spirit a little deposit now i'm going to switch back all right, when you get the spirit of truth that comes, he gives you the free gift of the Holy Spirit, free eternal life, and now you get the free fruits of the Spirit, Galatians 5, 22 and 23, which Apostle Paul describes as love, supernatural gift of love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, meekness, and self-control, that's self-government, the root of all authority and all government and all fellowships everywhere, and personal self-control is what you need with his help to help you self-govern. And if you fall off the horse with your mouth or your temper or anything else, overeating, overindulging, then you just go back and repent. He forgives you. And you get on the horse and ask him for help to ride again. The Bible knows we're human. And it talks about, in the New Testament, besetting sins. Those things that are prone you're prone to do more than I am, and I'm more prone to do certain things that are, you know, weak, given to temptation in certain levels, than you are. So it's just a human condition. There is such a human condition as LPV, the carnal nature without Christ. And that is LPV, lust, pride, vanity, are going to tempt us in different ways, in different size ways, through many seasons. That's just the part of life that we always have to work on. That's why God has given us his self-control for temper, Peace, joy, love, patience, goodness, and self-control. So I'm working on that with his help. But it's by God's grace that I know this and have gotten into, you know, I'm so grateful. I'm such a joyful person. When I was a teenager and in my early 20s, I was saved. I didn't know all this. And I was moody. I was much more like up and down, a perfectionist, felt bad. I wasn't mad at anybody but myself. I used to get so mad at myself because I was, you know, used to be beat myself down. But when God got a hold of me, he took that away, really. And now I don't have the melancholy 
I'm not a melancholy, moody prophet at all. I'm the opposite. It is God's goodness. So you can change, but there are challenges and pressures that will bring, you know, you have to always work to overcome. And part of it is knowing about faith and the Bible, how the, how the, um, to renew your mind, not just only the Holy Spirit, but knowing things in the Bible and then standing in faith and believing God to renew your mind so that it can conform to his power and his power can rise up. It's like faith. It is like muscle building from the inside out. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're teaching and training on. One day in, one day out. The Bible teaches us that faith and patience inherit his promises. And thank God, patience is in the fruit of the Spirit. <laughs> faith and patience inherit his promises. That means you believe them, you understand it, you get it by faith, and then you stand and do your work, what God says, obey and know things that you need to know and do things that after a while your patience pays off and the fruit comes out and the promise answer to prayer or manifest it gets the job done so let's go down our list we're talking about the first step in all of third john 2 prospering and being health as your soul prosper is to invite jesus into your heart and know you've really done it and that he's there to answer your prayers but then you have to also say you go through your internal life you're by yourself and you say lord am i bitter? Am I unforgiving? Am I blaming? Am I accusing anybody? Am I mad with myself? And some of it can be demonic to block you, and some of it can be your own choices that you just didn't know or that were unwilling to do, to do it. So you want to make sure that you've gotten your Holy Spirit inner runway. I picture a runway at the airport. The Holy Spirit's ready to come on and land with new things, new life, new joy, new found discoveries. But there might be something sitting on the runway like self-pity or anger or unconfessed sin or religious spirits or lying or mistreating somebody or accusing and gossiping and, you know, all these things that are in that nasty category. And you want to get rid of that first. For when the spirit of truth will come, he will guide you into all truth. Ask God to show you if you're missing anything. Ask God, claim John 16, 13. Lord, if there's something that I'm missing that I don't know about, that you want me to know about, you say you'll guide me into all truth. If I don't know how to be pure, how to stop doing this, lead me, Lord, to where I get the answer on that. Okay? I'm working on that all the time. It's like pieces of a puzzle. This is all this is. You get a piece, I get a piece, you get a piece of God's information, revelation, and then you keep it, treasure it, guard it. He gives you another piece later. And you put the puzzle to, to you put the puzzle together slowly in the process, more slowly, with prayer and time. So when we look at our verses, John 16, 13, 3 John little third john 2 the little john you know it's only got one book with that's why i can say third john 2 and then james 317 let's work on that james 317 that any wisdom that comes from above is going to be pure peaceable easily entreated full of mercy and good fruit without partiality and without hypocrisy that is a checklist for yourself am i like that with everybody am i like that every day 
and what causes me to not be easily entreated, let's say. Am I pure-hearted? Can I evaluate myself privately with God as pure-hearted? Am I living pure, acting pure? Or am I super saint or hiding things? Okay. Am I peaceful? Am I easily entreated? What is easily entreated? Well, the opposite of being easily entreated is being stubborn. <laughs> and easily entreated means I've got to win. I'm going to win no matter what. And you get all bitter about it if you don't. So easily entreated is a huge relationship character issue in ministry, life, and personality. So the wisdom of God is easily entreated. That's a good sign of a quality relationship. They have the fear of the Lord. They respect you equally and others equally so that they're pure hearted. And they even have, they work to negotiate, not to control. That's a huge part of easy entre easily entreated. So the wisdom that comes from above is a relationship soul prospering factor you're not going to be depressed because you're angry and bitter and unloving you will not be you know marked for god's judgment if you're hateful <laughs> you know because you're not hateful or you're pure peaceful easily entreated working ability even under pressure communicate effectively with god's help to respect people and work out to negotiate even a hard difficult relationship with family or friends or company so that it doesn't come to blows. They don't quit on everybody. They don't throw a hissy fit, demean people, disrespect them, be biased against them. So it's a great amount of goodness and good teaching found in James 3.17. It's a relationship life factor. So when you want to work on yourself first, and then you can train your children and everybody else, because this is a huge part even under pressure, when things don't go right, when somebody throws a stick in your face, when somebody does mean things, backbites and betrays, you got to go to God for his help to remain in James 3.17 so it doesn't affect your soul prosperity. This is going to, we're going to have to teach another tape. This is just the first preview. All right. So, beloved, above all things, I want you to prosper. We want you to prosper and have your soul prospered and your health. We want you to have good health with your family and your life. We want to have an overall joyful quality and quality of life and health and prosperity. That didn't mean wealth and riches. That didn't mean for fortune and fame in Hollywood. We are going to the nitty-gritty of real life under pressure that is good quality and that you will know that you are prosperous and that God will affirm that with your life around you and your, your lifestyle and your attitude and your home and your atmosphere. The atmosphere is huge about this. Let's go to James 3.17. All right, so the checklist are for you and then training others. All right, and hoping your mate, if you're going to pre-marry somebody, make sure they agree to this, that you, before you get married, it will save you a lot of hell on earth if they will do this. All right, before we get married, before we have a relationship, even under pressure, we promise and commit to working out, getting God's help individually as the couple that we will work on not that we will remain in James 3.17 fruit with God's help no matter what. And if we don't, we forgive each other unconditionally. All right, so the checklist for you and me, am I pure? 
all right is what i'm doing and thinking and living pure all right is it peaceful is it easily entreated respectful to everybody is it easily entreated full of mercy forgiving compassionate full of empathy and good fruit all right here we hit the galatians 5 23 galatians fruit of the spirit right in the middle of this verse so part of the wisdom of god reflects the fruit that paul talks about which are really life gifts free gifts from the lord love joy peace patience goodness meekness temperance okay above all things amazing free gifts all right so the wisdom that comes from above is what pure peaceable easily entreated full of mercy and good fruit without partiality no bias no bigotry no prejudice on their look or their religion or their lack thereof or looking down on people or being what is the word having pets and cliques and that type of respecter of person spirit it's very wearying it is a relationship issue it really is in the church today many churches finally the last part of checking somebody out if you want to be with them live with them you know know them or hang out in their fellowship with them because a fellowship can reflect the wisdom of god or not as well it would be are they hypocrites it says the wisdom of god the test of the wisdom of god it's pure peaceable easily entreated full of mercy and good fruit without partiality without hypocrisy they're not two-faced phony plastic hypocrisy uh posers putting up a front faking it till they make it plastic christ following ministry you're not going to want that why each one of these can bring down your soul your mind will and emotions eventually Another thing we want to point out, besides the main verses, which we start our series, John 16, 13, make sure you've invited the Spirit of Truth, Jesus Christ, into your heart, the Holy Spirit, for His help. Next, James three seventeen, under pressure for everybody in relationship. And then it will contribute, all these contribute next to your quality of life, 3J2 lifestyle. The wisdom that comes from above contributes to your ability to have beloved above all things. I want you to prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. And I'm going to tell you another time because I'm going to make these shorter. So you can listen to them again and again to get it. But I'm going to tell you the drill of what I really literally did when I had like waves of grief. I had never known grief just debilitating almost grief when I I mean when I lost my mother it went like that when I lost my father it went like that when I lost the only person I'd ever loved or married the only person and I had been there for 32 years plus dating four and when I had no choice no voice in any of it no James 317 I was told I was going to get a divorce and it was like my art. I was shocked. And uh, the server jumped me one night because I said I wasn't going to, you know, sign the papers. And when that server came out, it jumped me at 11 at night coming in the apartment and said, Ms. Yarzi, here. It, it was like a spirit from hell that came on me. And I've never known such grief. And, you know, you can tell my voice. I don't feel that. I mean, 
it was just so horrible, but I went to God. Thank the Lord for the Lord. We go to God. He's there, and he showed me these things, and that's why I feel so joyful. I've never, whenever I've had anything hellish and bad, even jumped or, you know, assaulted, you know, that time, God was with me, and I, I'm really good under pressure. <laughs> but later I can have PhD, PTSD, so I understand both. But I was really, like, calm and in the Lord, and then afterwards, I, you know, had to really get healed a lot. And that takes time so I can go there too. But God has done it. And when I come out on the other side, though, this is the bottom line. I'm never disappointed. I have never been in all my life this free from worry, fear, anxiety, what people care about me, how I look. I don't care. I like the Lord. We have a great time. And I cannot tell you my soul is prospered. That's why I want to tell everybody. I want to blab about it because the Lord is so good. He's there. He is the Lord who is there. And every time I look like, I used to have such an anxious mind, an anxious worrywart mind. And God has delivered me. And I used to be too timid to be this bold. Now I don't care. I care for people, but I don't, and I want to be respectful. But I really what, if people don't like me, if they hate me, if they talk about me, it does. It used to bother me. It does not bother me. It is great goodness of God. So we want to get our scriptures, write them down, make them plain, that you can start to renew your mind. That means you take time to meditate on them, say it out loud, sink your faith into it. Say, do I really believe that you can do something in me, Lord, with these verses? And that's what you're going to do. So, Third John 2, James 3, 17, John 16, 17, and the other one is 2 Timothy 3, excuse me, 2 Timothy 1, 7. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. God, if I feel dread, anxious, worry, fear, that's a soul downer. That is going to ruin your, your, it will affect your soul. If it's great fear, it could affect your health. You know, and the Bible says that in the last days, many people's hearts will be failing them from fear, heart attack, pressure, stress, you know, kills people. So you want to go after it before so you don't go there. First John, first Timothy, excuse me, first Timothy 1, 7, God, my God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of his power, his love and a sound mind. That is a focus that I don't have time right now, but you can think, you know, all these things are affecting your mind, your soul, your will, like a cloud, oppression, depression, who's set, who has what covetousness, all these things that are out there can do this because we're in a warfare, the Bible says, in our minds. And it affects the other. Even fatigue does that. Fatigue. That's why people are compassion fatigued or just too tired to prosper. They don't know that they could, you know, they have a lot of worry and fear. So we want to help people uncover this, unpack it, and get rid of it. Um, let's see if there's another verse to leave. Oh, yeah, let me do one verse to close out. This is a mind consciousness raising, spiritual, open-ended, amazing verse to focus on and to work on renewing your mind around, wrapping your mind, your faith in it, studying it repeatedly, thinking of every word 
and saying, do I really believe that? Can I trust God to do something this big for me? And this will help you prosper your soul and your life. Maybe it'll help you prosper in your finances. I don't know, but it can prosper you all around. Second Corinthians nine, excuse me, first Corinthians two, nine and 10. This is a huge verse for me since the eighties when I was a depressed loving mama but I felt trapped. I didn't know I could do anything. I didn't feel creative. I didn't know I had anything like I have on me now. Wild woman. I didn't know, but I was just a mom at home <laughs> and I went to the Lord. Thank God for God. But if you want to go and for a jump start, for a wow, mind raising, consciousness raising verse, this is it. 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 2 and 9. It's Paul writing to the carnal church. The carnal church was at war with itself, each other. They were fleshly like now, human complaining and celebrity and all the things going on, mixture church. So Paul said, there's a bigger and better way. I'm trying to get to you that there's something higher than what you're thinking about in your natural carnal minds. Things you've spoken of, hey, there's something better than that. So stop. There's no need to gossip or compete or fight. Let's think about what God has with his power. So this is the premise, the pretext I think of when I think of Paul back there standing in the middle of the fighting, warring Corinthian church, the carnal church, the who's who, who's over who church, all right? He says, the it is written says, Paul said, I has not seen, ear has not heard, Neither has entered into the heart of any man, any person, those things which the Lord has prepared for those who love him. But those things are revealed by the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yea, even the deep things of God. Wow. Those things are revealed by the Spirit. Who's the Spirit? Hey, we just talked about him in John 16, 13. He's the spirit of the Holy Spirit of God who's come when we invited Christ into our heart. That's how this is possible. So let's go back and let's question. Because, you know, when we have our brains, our natural human brains, they're educated or not. They're filled with life and worry and fault finding or fear and the news and limited things. It's called the Greek western brain the greek brain it's not holy spirit anointed or renewed in the lord you know things of god instead it's renewed and brought down by mostly the things of this life so you need to get a jump start through the holy spirit to have a revelation of higher thoughts you need god's rock of revelation to bean you on your head and penetrate that dull perception like i have that's what i did I used to do this. All right, so let's focus on it. It says, eye has not seen, that means ear has not heard, those things which the Lord has prepared for those who love him. Ponder that. Take time. Wow. I'm trying to think of everything I can. All the news, all the things I've learned, all the things on the internet, all the things he said, she said that we ought to know, all the Bible, all about God. God says, Paul through Paul, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, all, neither has entered into the heart of any man those things which the Lord has prepared for those who love him, but. So that means no matter how giant you think, 
how great a well of knowledge you may have learned, that's nothing to God. So you want to ask God and, and believe God for more, for a lot more that raises your consciousness, restores your heart, gives you hope for the future, that gives you ideas and quickens your intelligence like he did with me. And you get out there with the Lord. So that's the first part to do your inner work. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard those things which the Lord has prepared. I don't know about them. Only God does. And he can tell you for you. And he tells me for me. All right. But it says those things are revealed by the spirit. The spirit of truth reveals you as you go along and you believe for it and you stand in faith and are firm and not moved. And no matter what comes against you, don't give up. You go to God. He gives you the idea, the wisdom, the revelation, your knowledge. He gives you what he wants. And then he will lead you to where you get clues and puzzle pieces that fit. And ideas and his unction and his untamed spirit. Good teaching, fellowship, people with ideas. The Holy Spirit with you by yourself. It can come in any way. Worship, any other way that he has those are just a few ways. All right, so it says, eyes not seen, ears not heard. You're not limited what you know, what you don't know. You're not limited what you've seen and what you haven't seen. You're not limited to anybody's stuff. You're limited only by the Lord. It's unlimited. Eyes not seen, ears not heard, those things which the Lord has prepared for those who love him. But those things are revealed over time with faith, using your faith and patience and the process, and a pure heart, and blessed are the pure in heart, they shall see God. That's a P.S. in there. But it says, eyes not seen, ears not heard, those things which the Lord has prepared for those who love him. But those things are revealed by the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yea, even the deep things of God. So I don't know all you're going to know. And you won't know what some of the stuff I know, but we'll know God. And that's the main thing. But you have to be also, I have to, I hear this in my spirit. You're going to need to be more bold and courageous. You're going to be bold and courageous. It's like you're going to go in the spiritual sense with a clue here, a clue there, putting, you know, but you're going to go where no person, which is you, have ever gone before. You're going to go like, what is it? Star Trek? You're going to go where no man has ever gone before. That's what you're going to do. And I have. Listen, I have. I cannot tell you how amazing. Knowing myself and what a boring, formerly very shy, formerly very uncreative, undemonstrative, undimaginary person, unexpressive, not a musician. I'm a musician. Man, I'm a musician. I didn't know all the things 30 years ago in the 80s, whenever that was, in the late 80s, that I started on this journey with the Lord. And I want to thank the Lord, and I want to thank you all for being there and listening and doing this for the sake of yourself, but also for the sake of the Lord and His ministry. Do this, train it, get it out there, feel free to write me, ask questions, get together and gather, and we'll network and share but I want to hear testimonies. I would love to hear your testimony after you've gotten this jump start, after you've seen some 
after you've meditated on these verses I've given you, that means dwelled on them, muttered them, pondered them to yourself for weeks. Do it for weeks and weeks as an experiment. Next time, I hope to get to the other jump starts that I got about this time in the late 80s. And that was Apostle Paul's persistent prayers he prayed in Corinthians 1, 3, and Colossians. And I want to talk about them tying in with more of our 3J2 lifestyle, the transforming jumpstart from the inside out, the upstart of the new body of Christ. God bless you. He loves you. If you have a question, if you're a leader, you want to clarify, clarify the doctrine of my thinking on this, uh, write me at dfwleader at gmail.com. If you would like to donate to support this ministry and our new office is opening in May or late April, then you may support us by going on to, um, well, paypal.me slash Tavo Creative Leader. www.paypal.me slash Tavo Creative Leader. God bless you. Bye-bye.